0: This is Binghamton Now on News Radio 1290, WNBF Binghamton, and WNBF.com.
1: Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WNBF. Good morning on this Wednesday, January 18th. You're listening to WMBF. A Vermont company's plan to establish a warehouse operation inside a former store building at the old Endicott Plaza has received approval. The Endicott Planning Board has voted in favor of a special use permit sought by Green Mountain Electric Supply. The Kmart store between Vestal and Harrison Avenues has been unused since it sustained heavy flood damage in September 2011. The electrical component supply business has proposed a $12.1 million project to turn the abandoned building into a regional distribution center. The project is receiving millions of dollars in support from New York state taxpayers. More than $3.1 million in state funding is to be provided through Endicott's Downtown Revitalization Initiative grant, which was approved in December. The state also authorized spending $350,000 for renovations to the 95,000-square-foot structure under its Restore New York initiative. Endicott Mayor Linda Jackson told WMBF News on Tuesday afternoon that everything's a go with respect to the Green Mountain Electric Supply proposal. She expressed some concern about the size of a payment in lieu of taxes plan that may be granted for the project. The 18-acre site is located just east of the Jenny F. Snap Middle School. No arrests have been reported after gunshots were heard in the area of Washington Avenue and North Street in Endicott. Village Police Chief Patrick Gary said the incident was reported around 3 p.m. Saturday. He said the shots apparently fired near MBT Bank. Gary said investigators are not aware of anyone being injured. One person reported hearing as many as 10 gunshots that may have been fired in or near a parking lot east of Ideal Alley, which runs behind buildings on Washington Avenue. Gary said people with information about the incident may contact the Endicott Police Department at 607-785-3341. A proposal to convert most of a downtown Binghamton office tower into dozens of apartments won't be moving forward in the near future. James Slocum of Conklin has outlined a plan for the building at 59 Court Street for an 87-bedroom project that would include 66 dwelling units. Slocum presented the proposal to the City Planning Commission last November. He was seeking a site plan review and a special use permit to redevelop the building in three phases. In recent years, the property has housed offices for various businesses. The lower levels of the building have been used by WMBF Radio and its related stations since 1997. The proposed apartment project is on hold for now. Slocum recently said while there's potential for it in the future, he doesn't expect any new developments in the next few months. He said a few kinks had occurred between the prospective buyers and sellers since he appeared before the planning commission. He said he views the concept as a great idea for the site, saying it's a great building and a great location. John Maxco of Vestal has owned the property for 10 years. He said of the plan, I don't see it necessarily flying. For now, he stressed he's committed to maintaining a first-class operation for tenants who are currently leasing space in the building. From motocross, mud bogs, ATVs, UTVs, hair scramblers, demolition derbies, supercross, autocross, and more, for 40 years, the Broom-Tioga Sports Center has entertained the southern tier, but those days could be coming to an end. In a post on the Broom-Tioga Sports Center Facebook page, Tom Hurd and his family have listed listed. of the property and business for sale as they're looking to retire. The Broom Tioga Sports Center, which has been featured on national television for its motocross, consists of 198 acres that the owners may be willing to subdivide into two or more smaller parcels. On the grounds is a 4,600 square foot home, plenty big enough as it has five bedrooms and a three-car garage. There is also a barn with a motorcycle garage. The deal just keeps getting even sweeter for anyone considering buying the business as the property comes complete with a national motocross track. Two hair scramblers Tracks, a concrete starting gate with hydraulic lift, a mud bog and mud racing facility with concessions, bleacher seating, and more. Virtually anything a person could want to keep racing alive comes with the property and business, which is located at 50 Schaefer Road in Richford, and which already has events lined up for the next few months. In Broome County Court, Thomas J. Kurtz, age 30 of Whitney Point, entered a plea of guilty to felony attempted assault in the second degree. Kurtz admitted that on August 13th, 2021, while an inmate in the Broome County jail, he punched a corrections officer in the forehead head, causing a laceration that required stitches. Kurtz, convicted in 2019 for attempted arson in the third degree, will be sentenced to two to four years on April 3rd. Michael A. Korchak, Broome County District Attorney, said the Broome County District Attorney's Office will continue to support the men and women who serve our county as corrections officers and prosecute those that cause or attempt to cause them harm. Prosecutors are dropping charges against a New York City police officer and military veteran who was accused of helping the Chinese government keep tabs on Tibetans in the U.S. A court date is scheduled for Thursday in Brooklyn, after federal prosecutors told the judge last week they want to dismiss their case. Prosecutors say they obtained additional information, but a spokesperson wouldn't elaborate on Monday. A message was sent to Ang Wang's attorney. The lawyer had argued in court papers that his client's interactions with two Chinese consulate officials were simply efforts to ingratiate himself in hopes of getting visas to visit his family. The White House is brushing aside criticisms of its fragmented disclosures about the discovery of classified documents and official records at President Joe Biden's home and former office. Ian Sams, a spokesperson for the White House counsel's office, told reporters Tuesday the White House may withhold information to protect the Justice Department's investigation and was releasing information as it deemed it appropriate. Responding to questions about the piecemeal disclosures, Sams and the White House have been trying to be mindful of the risk in sharing information that's not complete. National Weather Service forecast for downtown Binghamton. Today, a slight chance of showers, cloudy with a high near 41 degrees, chance of rain 20%. Tonight, cloudy with a low near 32. Tomorrow, rain, snow, and freezing rain becoming all rain after 10 a.m. A high near 39 degrees, chance of rain 100%. Tomorrow night, rain likely, cloudy with a low near 35 degrees, chance of rain 70%. And Friday, showers likely mainly before 1 p.m. Cloudy with a high near 39 degrees, chance of rain 60%. Friday night, chance of rain showers before 8 p.m., then a chance of rain and snow showers between 8 p.m. and 9 p.m., then a chance of snow showers after 9 p.m. Cloudy with a low near 28 degrees, chance of rain 40%. You're listening to WMBS where news breaks first news radio 1290 wmbf WMBF wmbf.com and 92.1 fm
0: joseph ready for you on news radio wnbf good morning today is wednesday january 18th 2023 the lines are now officially open remember i could be viewed as a host but most of all i think my role here is a facilitator or a moderator so if you want Someone to provide some guidance of your radio experience. I am here awaiting you. I will answer the phone, which that alone in 2023. Is such a rare occurrence seven seven two twelve ninety. The area code is six zero seven, and let's get the party started. Good morning, WNBF. You're on the air. What's your first name, and where are you calling from?
2: Tom from mandwell I thought I should chime in today.
0: Thank you, thank you, and good morning. What's on your mind?
2: Um, I just you know the updates on the you know they keep finding more uh, classified documents on Biden and. I just love how they like spin the story. Like it's like it's okay. You know, it's, the last story that I heard is they're saying that they were um, somebody had uh, placed them there, like basically trying to set Joe Biden up.
0: Yeah, that's my theory. And
2: I love the spin.
0: Uh, it definitely uh, seems. Seems uh, possible, highly possible, that that somebody, one of his enemies within the Secret Service or some other government agency, or even a neighbor who doesn't like the guy. Maybe there's a neighbor in Wilmington who uh, managed to slither into the garage and put those secret documents next to his beautiful Corvette.
2: Or the Russians. The Russians. I bet you the Russians did it. You agree with that?
0: Well, I will say Vladimir Putin is not our friend, so could be. And he I could mean, be. He is I mean, he definitely Russians, seems to be the enemy of peace loving people on the planet.
2: Yeah, and let me tell you, everybody blames the Russians, even in all the movies. I, I laugh every time I watch watching movies and they're like the Russians. You know, the Russians did it. Like
0: Hey, I won't even when I go when I go to a restaurant. I refuse to have a salad with Russian dressing. I'm doing my part.
2: You are Bob. You are. Hey, you know what I found interesting? Somebody told me to go on Google and type in Antipa.com. And if you ever get a chance, do it. And see no, I'm not
0: going to do it. You're setting me up to get fired. If I I'm type not that in, you up? It's a Google search. I'm not going to do that because because first of all, Google saves everything about everybody, so they they will add that to my permanent file, and then that'll be used either to get me fired or worse yet, maybe I'll be indicted maybe they'll take action because they'll think i'm a bad actor
2: Oh Antifa is just a right wing conspiracy theory anyway, but when you do when you do google it, uh, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris they pop up. It's like part of their, their like campaign. I, I found that interesting. Somebody had showed me that and I was like, weird. So I had to do it, you know, and sure enough, it, it, it comes up. You know, yesterday I was listening to your guys' show and you guys are talking about like all this energy. I have yet to hear anybody have a discussion about all these batteries these super toxic batteries what are they going to do with them because nothing lasts forever you know so i i'm i'm curious on you know where they're where are they going to bury these in our earth
0: they'll be recycled at the battery recycling plant
2: <clears throat> you, they're not going to be recycled they're not going to our, our recycling stuff now does half of more than probably 85% of it doesn't get recycled.
0: But the reason, li- the, reason the reason the reason lithium ion batteries will be recycled, they contain valuable valuable elements that are very easy or very difficult and costly to obtain because they're they're generally oh, yeah, they're generally not necessarily avail- available in abundance here in the United States, so we're reliant on on other countries to obtain the raw materials for our beautiful batteries
2: yeah well it'll be interesting nobody wants to talk about that and
0: what do you mean nobody wants to talk about it we're talking about it everybody wants to talk about about it you make it. it sound like there's a conspiracy and nobody's talking about it when in fact we're talking about it right now on america's best radio program
2: Yeah, This is the America's Best Radio Program, absolutely, Bob. And for the people that are worried about their stoves, you know, and they call that right-wing conspiracy theory, just pay attention to what they said about, you know, getting rid of fuel, fossil fuel. And they said, oh, that's right-wing conspiracy theory, propaganda, and here we are. They're trying to eliminate it.
0: Well, and that's why you've got people people from the National Stove Association saying you'll take my gas stove over my dead body. Well, I think uh, what's his yeah, well, face my- Clint Eastwood, I think announced that uh, for the National Stove Association there's absolutely no way that patriotic Americans are going to let the government come for their gas stoves. My gas stove
2: um identifies as a uh, electric stove. So I think I'm safe there.
0: Well, I can't say that I'm shocked. All right. Well, uh, you certainly have uh, started the program off on the right foot. I appreciate that. Thank you. That's the view from the Town of Union. Making contemporary news. We'll be taking more calls this morning on News Radio WNBF. The official number is 607 772 1290. The email address is bob at WNBF.com. And you are entitled to call into the program once per day. Once per day. We have good news on the inflation front this morning. It appears that inflation is becoming not as big a problem. I'm not saying it's gone. Don't misconstrue what I'm saying here. Inflation is still an issue. But, but the price increases are slowing down. The new report that's just been released by the federal government shows that supplier prices rose at the slowest pace since March of 2021. So that clearly indicates that the economy in in my view has headed in the right direction. In mean, the month after month after month of dramatic price increases, I didn't view that as a sustainable model. Now, as far as the price of eggs, sorry, sorry to report to you, the price of eggs continues to soar. So you kiddies who want eggs for a spring holiday, maybe you want a basket full of eggs sometime in the spring. Well, you probably won't get them this year. Or you'll probably get those plastic, those cheap plastic egg-shaped things filled with cheaply produced candy obtained from a Pennsylvania-based company that has factories in Mexico. That's what you'll get instead of getting a delightful egg or two in your basket. So who can afford eggs? No holiday bunny could afford eggs this year because the prices continue to escalate if you can even find them that's the problem I the other day I I decided that I would bake some brownies you know me and my brownie recipe well I said one of the key things you need to bake these brownies eggs so I went to the local egg hut and their eggshells were nearly depleted and then I did a double take on prices I don't typically, to be honest with you, buy eggs that often. I just don't I don't feel the need <laughs> to buy eggs. I I did a double and triple take at the egg price and I felt like saying, Danny, is this the real price? And I thought, of course it's the real price. I'm not playing games. So egg prices continue to be an issue. On the other hand, again, producer prices are not rising as quickly as they had been. So there is Virginia reason for hope. It's 921, Bob Joseph with you on a Wednesday morning. This is News Radio, WNBF, one FM, 1290 AM. And you're always connected with your favorite radio station using the free WNBF app.
1: You want-
3: You do to me, Oka, Oka,
4: Oka, 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 Shaka, Oka,
3: when you hold Oka, me Oka, Oka, Shaka. Oka. in your arms Oka, so Oka, tight, Oka, Oka, you let me know. Oka, Oka, Everything's
2: all
0: right,
4: nine
0: twenty four. I'm high on the
5: leaving at
0: WNBS. Traffic alert for. Motorists in the Town of Union, if you're attempting to use Watson Boulevard in the area of the old IBM Country Club, you are going to be thwarted. Yes, you will be thwarted in your efforts to use Watson Boulevard in the Town of Union, just a bit west of Johnson City, because now is the time. To finally remove the uh, walkway over at the IBM Country Club, so do not, do not attempt <laughs> under any circumstance to uh, drive under the um, the walkway. You can't. You can't. Watson Boulevard is now officially closed for your. Safety, because the uh, pedestrian walkway that's been there for decades is about to be removed. So that part of Watson Boulevard now is scheduled to be closed until one this afternoon. Uh, crews from Goric Construction are going to remove that. It's one of the final pieces of the demolition puzzle for the old IBM Country Club. So, if you uh, If you have uh, some need to travel between Johnson City and Endwell or whichever direction, um, go for alternate routes. Use Main Street or Route 17. Or if you're creative, you can take the back roads. You could. And why not? Why not? Take the back roads. Take the back roads in your BMW and enjoy a scenic ride. Here's the forecast from WNBF in the National Weather Service. Today is, uh, who, where? <laughs> Hello. I'm sorry, um, dispatching uh, taxis at the same time <laughs> as I'm doing the program. I, uh, I need a ride down at uh, 100 East Main Street. <laughs> Supposed to be dispatching taxis during the commercials. Anyway, here's the forecast from the National Weather Service. Still fairly mild for January. Cloudy today, a slight chance of showers, high 41. Cloudy tonight, low 32. Tomorrow appears to be cloudy. Rain, snow, and freezing rain in the morning, becoming all rain around midday, high 39. And for Friday, still rather mild, cloudy. Showers likely early in the day on Friday with a high of 39. Can't complain about that. Middle of winter. Right now it's 39 in downtown Binghamton. At News Radio, WNBF, WNBF.com. One of the greatest news sources available to people in the Binghamton area is our website, WNBF.com. I encourage you to check it out. We have uh, some interesting items. Interesting article about uh, a police investigation in Endicott. Shots reportedly fired the other day near Washington Avenue. All the details, or at least the details that have been released so far by the investigators. On our website, WNBF.com, we also have uh, latest developments on The old Kmart Plaza and also a story that hits close to home here at WNBF because, as you may have heard a few weeks ago, there is a plan being floated to turn the WNBF tower into residential units. And a lot of people, a lot of people I know are really excited about this, mainly because they say that means, Bob, you could live Right above the studio, and that way you never have an excuse for being late. Uh there are some new developments regarding that possible project, and we have the details on our website, WNBF.com. Let's go back to the phone. Uh WNBF, good morning. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from?
3: Good morning, Bob. Yeah. <coughs> it's Dave from Vestal. Hey, I, I got a question for you. Um uh, I want to know how you feel about that proposal out in San Francisco. I don't know if you saw that, about uh, uh, reparations there, $5 million per per uh, African-American that qualifies.
0: Well, it seems seems, at first blush, it seems like it might be uh, something worth discussing. What's your take? Do you think the uh, reparation plan should be approved?
3: Well, it, it, no, Bob. It, it, number one, no, and number two, you know, California wasn't even a slave state. Do you know that? They, they didn't have slaves out there. But <laughs> it, this this is just another example of the, the Democrats. You know, they like to play Santa Claus, the Easter Bunny, and Robin Hood uh, all rolled into one. They they love handouts for some reason that think they think it helps them, Bob. Um, the country's getting tired of it. Everybody,
0: uh, everybody I know loves a handout. If somebody, yeah. if somebody offers you something, Dave, for nothing, you would accept it.
3: Well, it depends on what it is and what it's for, about No, tell me, know.
0: tell me a circumstance. Say, a guy wearing aviator glasses and looking like he might be in his 70s, a guy comes to your door at your residence in the town of Vestal, and says, here's a $1,000, David, and you would say, thank you, Joe, and that would be the end of discussion. You wouldn't say, oh, where did did it come come from? from?" Yeah, I mean, you don't care if it came from American (laughs) taxpayers or from the Chinese. It's like, thank you, Joe. Why don't you head back to Scranton, where you can do the people in downtown Scranton some good. So my point is, and I'll be honest, if a guy matching that description shows up here at the station during the program with a thousand bucks, yeah, thank you, Joe. Well, don't you want to know where the money's from or what, what you did to deserve it? no. Do you have more money? If you have another thousand dollars, stop by tomorrow, and we can talk about. We won't even talk. You you stop by with a thousand dollars a day. I don't care what the source is, unless it was obtained through illicit activity. I have to throw that in. Um, but hey, I'll take money. I I'll what? take mo- I'll take money from anyone unless unless there is evidence that it was obtained through criminal. Criminal conduct.
3: Well, I'll tell you what I wouldn't do, Bob. I wouldn't sit on my couch and hold both hands out and be an able-bodied worker. And I'd be so ashamed of myself being able to work and refusing to work. And then the Democrats play along and say, oh, you you don't have to work here. Here you go. You can have a check. And I wouldn't be a woman that has nine or ten kids, not. By three or four different guys. Not that there's anything right. wrong
0: with that. Now you, you got to say one thing. You, you know in this in our society, I think people are being too judgmental. I well, think a lot of people are being too judgmental. People reach conclusions about others when they don't even know half the story
3: do you but you do like your tax paying money going to people that aren't willing to help I don't want here up. here's here's a
0: little bit of insight into my my world view I don't want my tax money spent on anything but necessities to support our community and the people in need those are necessities I don't want my tax money spent on uh, a new stadium for uh, Florida billionaires even though they claim to own a team for the NFL Corporation out in Western new York. I don't want a penny of my tax money going for their new stadium. So not to say I don't support their enterprise. I love their enterprise. I love their uh, football team. I love the fact that they're going to be in the Super Bowl and they're going to win big this year. But I don't want any of my tax money being spent for a multi-billion dollar stadium that those billionaires who live in Florida most of the year Can easily afford. That's where I stand. I'm Bob Joseph on WNBF. Over
4: here. WNBF.
3: Providing you with the best solutions of your lifetime. The KSO Insurance Weekly Spotlight with Karen Sweet O'Neill on News Radio 1290, WNBF.
0: And it is Wednesday morning here at WNBF. And of course, that's time for Karen Sweet O'Neill to provide some important information. And I trust that our listeners are now gathered around their radio sets with a cup of coffee or maybe a Cup of tea, a mug of tea or whatever, or even an ice cold moxie, and prepared to get some good advice. Good morning, Karen.
6: Good morning, Bob. All of those sound good to me. How are you?
0: I'm I'm doing well. How are things? Good.
6: Things are okay. All right. Yeah, they're good. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. So we're talking today about spousal benefit rules for social security that married couples should know. Okay. And, you know, one of the main things is the rules for marriage, Bob, and Social Security get complicated. You don't automatically get more Social Security benefits just because you're married. But a lot of people will get the biggest benefit by claiming on their own work record. But if you have a work record, and many people do, that is limited and you marry someone, you know, that earns... Uh, significantly more money than you do, you may get more by claiming spousal benefits. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. So number one, you can get up to 50% of your spouse's full benefit. And that's the maximum spousal benefit, 50% of your spouse's um, PIA, we call it, primary insurance amount. And that's the benefit they'll qualify for once their full retirement age, FRA which is 67 for anyone that's born in 1960 or later. So if you take the spousal benefits before your own full retirement age, you will get less than the 50%. So let's say you say, you know what, I'm 62 years old, I'm going to take my benefit, my spousal benefit, because that's the earliest age, that you can take Social Security. Now you're going to receive just 32.5% of your spousal's primary insurance amount so that's a significant reduction so you want to be careful on that one now uh, number two you don't get to claim both benefits but the perks you know the perks of marriage Bob don't include double dipping so social then sec- <laughs> well, <okay. laughs> uh, so we'll stop that one right there mm-hmm. social security is going to give you whichever is the higher amount your own benefit record or your spousal benefit, but not both. And if you qualify for some of the benefits based on your earnings history, technically Social Security is going to use your own record first, and then they're going to use your spousal's record to get the maximum benefit. Now, what about if you wait? Because a lot of people, you know, when should I take it? You know, that's one of the biggest decisions you're going to make. When should you take Social Security? Well, when you take Social Security, Bob, on your own record, you're going to get the maximum benefit at age 70. And that's because every year you delay Social Security past that full retirement age, you're going to be boosted in your benefit check by about 8%. And that's quite a bit. But if you're taking spousal benefits, you can't earn those delayed retirement benefits. Your benefits are going to max out once you reach. Full retirement age, which is 67 for anyone born after 1959. So basically, there's absolutely no reason to wait if you're taking spousal benefits to age 70, because it's never going to go, you know, higher. You're not going to get that eight percent. Also, you can't claim a spouse's Social Security disability. So what does that mean? You can only claim Social Security disability If you've paid into Social Security yourself and you have a qualifying medical condition, you can never take disability benefits on somebody else's record, including your spouse's. What about divorce? You may still be able to get your spousal benefits. So if you were married for at least 10 years and you've been divorced for at least two years, then you can claim on your ex's Social Security. And the same spousal rules apply. Your maximum benefit is going to be 50% of their primary amount. You're going to receive a lower amount if you claim early. And you aren't going to earn those delayed retirement credits past the full retirement age. Now, here's here's something to know as well. Your ex-spouse needs to be at least 62 for you to claim on their record. And your decision to take that 50% benefit from um, your spouse is going to have absolutely no effect, excuse excuse me, on your ex-spouse. So, if somebody you've divorced, okay, let's, let's take it in reverse, take Social Security on your record, your benefits won't be reduced. What if you remarry? Once you remarry, you're not allowed to claim those spousal benefits on your ex's Social Security. However, once you've been married for a year, you can qualify for benefits on your current spouse's record. And if you've had more than one marriage that lasted 10 years or more and ended in divorce, Social Security is going to take a look at everybody's record, yours and each ex-spouse's, and give you the give you the biggest benefit. Last but not least, survivor benefits. If your spouse dies before you, you can qualify for up to 100% of your spouse's social security benefits through survivor benefits if you wait until your full retirement age. You can start survivor benefits as early as 60 or 50 if you're disabled, but you're going to receive that reduced amount. And these rules apply to ex-spouses as well, provided that the marriage lasted for 10 years, Bob. So as with spousal benefits, you'll get whichever is bigger, your own benefit or the survivor benefit, but not both. So there is an exception, by the way, to the remarriage rule for surviving spouses. Widowed and wid- and ex-spouses who qualify for survivor benefits can remarry at 60 or 50 if dis- disabled, and they will continue to receive their late spouse's benefits. So all of those things can make a huge impact on your life and retirement because that check is gonna come every month and you wanna maximize the options that you have because you paid into Social Security and so did your spouse.
0: Well, it sounds on the one hand somewhat simple and then the more I listen to it, it sounds somewhat complicated and therefore that's where you come in because you can give people some very specific guidance for their, what may be a unique case. So if people want to call you What's the best way?
6: They can give us a call at 607-772-4898. They can Google us at KSO Insurance. All our contact information comes up, Bob. Or they can simply go to a phone book. We have a big display ad under insurance in the yellow pages.
0: Excellent. Excellent. You know, um, in a couple of weeks, this month will be over. In about wow. two in about two weeks, it'll be February. <laughs> we're, you know, we're almost just like two two weeks away from Groundhog Day, and you know what happens then.
6: Oh my goodness, no! You can't start now. I honestly.
0: know. Some, somebody said somebody said Bob, are you going to Punxsutawney this year? And I said, what you have to do is stay tuned, because do you remember <laughs> right. when I went to Punxsutawney?
6: Oh, I remember you going. I remember mm. you mm, mm, speaking mm. of it,
0: and yes. Yeah, and I, I, n- I never thought it, yeah. my feet would thaw, thaw out. It's the coldest my feet had ever been. I didn't, oh, di- I didn't wind up with frostbite, but it was, it was probably close. Like, oh, honestly, even now, just thinking about it, it gives, it's. I'm surprised I didn't lose toes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I didn't, yeah. but. But uh, ooh, but who knows? I, maybe I'll look at the forecast this year. It's been fairly mild this winter.
6: No, can you believe it? Oh, it's, wow. you know,
0: the fact that it's about 40 degrees right now, I think it's almost 40, 39. It's, it's January 18th. I, just, uh, again, confidentially, I think the weather machine is completely broken.
6: I do, too, and I'm okay with
0: it. I'm good. I'm good with it. You know, <laughs> let's keep this up. Karen Sweet O'Neill, we'll talk to you soon. Have a great day.
6: Bob Joseph, you too. Thanks so much.
0: Thanks. 945, I am Bob Joseph, observing the human condition. (laughs) Right now from the studio at 607-772-1290, you're listening to News Radio WNBF. D-W-N-B-F thanks the phones, Ron in Binghamton. Good morning. You're on the air.
7: Good morning, Bob. I thought I would pose a um, fun kind of riddle for you and your viewers. Uh, Let me mention this. Uh, Where the riddle is, where are you most likely, statistically, where are you most likely to be going when you dress up special, and you go to a place where you hope and pray and you bring your donation. Where are you most likely going?
0: Where I dress up and I hope and pray and bring my Dalmatian. Um, the new fire station. Ah. <laughs> that's where I would bring my new Dalma- my Dalmatian. Problem with Dalmatians is many of them are if effectively deaf, they usually have hearing problems. So that's the problem with people who have dalmatians well bob remember (laughs) i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm incorrigible i admit it i admit it Mm -hmm. i it just can't be helped i apologize Uh, this is i think it's something that we're all kind of just stuck with anyway so what what is the answer actually to to that riddle
7: well you gotta get the dalmatian out of there.
0: i know Uh, i know our list our listeners were able to follow along better than the host.
7: Okay. Well, do you have a guess where you're going? Not the fire station. You're where where are you going? Why what what's, what's the logic tell you? I
0: going? I have no idea. Ah. I don't know. Well, to, to, host, go- to host America's most popular radio show. Okay.
7: You're going if if you dress up special and you hope and pray and you bring a donation, you're going to the Super Bowl. You're going to your, or to your a uh, Sunday game. A football game.
0: That's where you go. When you... Oh, well, yeah, let's yeah. put it this way. Not that I can ever go to the Super Bowl because I don't have that kind of cash. But say say, I knew someone around here. Oh, we'll just say someone who's a billionaire. And that person said, "You know, you know, we have one extra seat on the plane and also one extra seat at the Super Bowl would you like to attend and i would say well let me think about that but the one but but the one thing i would also say if i ever had the opportunity to go to the super bowl i wouldn't dress up i would i would dress casual because i want to have fun at the super bowl
7: well bye I I get it. You you would well, of course. You you are an outlier kind of personality. <laughs>
0: yes, I well, am. I, yeah, I, I, I out of it. out you of the sixty two thousand rabid fanatics looking for violence and head injuries at the big game, as well as fifty dollar beers and seventy dollar burgers, I uh, I I would be notable because I'd be the one. Uh, applauding politely, like this.
5: Well, Bob, that
7: that that was that was me. I I lived up in Buffalo, and years ago, I went to Rich Stadium with friends to watch um, Buffalo play, and all sorts of people are jumping up and they're going crazy, and I I was pulling for the for the Bills, but. I couldn't like give up my personality and become part of the crowd. I think you're you're referring to that. But uh, as far as uh, going and uh, and dress the way you dress, well, if you look at the fans in the stands, they stands they they wear a the jerseys with the name. And this is again a religious reference. They have the name of their saint on the back. It's it's a
0: football player,
7: and they come. Uh, Donning their jersey with the name
0: of their saint. Oh, like and, Saint uh, Tom, Saint Tom. Well, By the way, that's uh, that's a real shame that Saint Tom ain't going to be in it again this year. I'm, of course, as a as a major fan of the NFL Corporation, I'm I'm very very upset that uh, Saint Tom will not be part of the game this year. But
7: yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I've I've well,
0: seen the way these fans act
7: let me let me let me mention a, a couple other things before we run out of time what do you call uh the person that comes to the football games on sunday uh and uh tithes, you know t- in the religious spirit, tithe tithe who 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 are the tithers at uh the football games um,
0: what do you call them what do you call i, I don't them? know what i would call them i i guess what do you call them? fanatics
7: Excuse Season ticket
4: holders.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, as I say, again, in the highly unlikely chance that someone who has their own plane as well as an extra ticket to the big game, I forgot, I can't even call it by the trademark name. The big game, if anybody falls into that category who's listening, they can certainly send a note to me and then I'll consider the the opportunity to go to the big game and maybe buy one of those $150 beers.
7: Well, Bob, one other statistic before I leave you to uh, enforce uh, my idea of the biggest religious event of the year is not Christmas or Easter. It's the Super Bowl Uh, during um, any given Sunday Uh, It's according to the Religious Leaders Magazine, 52 million people attend services. And uh, at the Super Bowl, when you count the people who... Oh,
0: we're out of time. Sorry. (laughs) I just have to wait. News is coming up next. On WNBF Binghamton, it's 10 o'clock.
3: Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290
1: WNBF. Good morning on this Wednesday, January 18th. You're listening to WMBF. A Vermont company's plan to establish a warehouse operation inside a former store building at the old Endicott Plaza has received approval. The Endicott Planning Board has voted in favor of a special use permit sought by Green Mountain Electric Supply. The Kmart store between Vestal and Harrison Avenues has been unused since it sustained heavy flood damage in September 2011. The electrical component supply business has proposed a $12.1 million project to turn the abandoned building into a regional distribution center. The project is receiving millions of dollars in support from New York state taxpayers. More than $3.1 million in state funding is to be provided through Endicott's Downtown Revitalization Initiative grant, which was approved in December. The state also authorized spending $350,000 for renovations to the 95,000-square-foot structure under its Restore New York initiative. Endicott Mayor Linda Jackson told WMBF News on Tuesday afternoon that everything's a go with respect to the Green Mountain Electric Supply proposal. She expressed some concern about the size of a payment in lieu of taxes plan that may be granted for the project. The 18-acre site is located just east of the Jenny Snap Middle School. No arrests have been reported after gunshots were heard in the area of Washington Avenue and North Street in Endicott. Village Police Chief Patrick Gary said the incident was reported around 3 p.m. Saturday. He said the shots apparently fired near MBT Bank. Gary said investigators are not aware of anyone being injured. One person reported hearing as many as 10 gunshots that may have been fired in or near a parking lot east of Ideal Alley, which runs behind buildings on Washington Avenue. Gary said people with information about the incident may contact the Endicott Police Department at 607-785-3341. A proposal to convert most of a downtown Binghamton office tower into dozens of apartments won't be moving forward in the near future. James Slocum of Conklin has outlined a plan for the building at 59 Court Street for an 87-bedroom project that would include 66 dwelling units. Slocum presented the proposal to the City Planning Commission last November. He was seeking a site plan review and a special use permit to redevelop the building in three phases. In recent years, the property has housed offices for various businesses. The lower levels of the building have been used by WMBF Radio and its related stations since 1997. The proposed apartment project is on hold for now. Slocum recently said while there's potential for it in the future, he doesn't expect any new developments in the next few months. He said a few kinks had occurred between the prospective buyers and sellers since he appeared before the Planning Commission. He said he views the concept as a great idea for the site, saying it's a great building and a great location. John Maxco of Vestal has owned the property for 10 years. He said of the plan, I don't see it necessarily flying. For now, he stressed he's committed to maintaining a first-class operation for tenants who are currently leasing space in the building. From motocross, mud bogs, ATVs, UTVs, hair scramblers, demolition derbies, supercross, autocross, and more, for 40 years, the Broom Tioga Sports Center has entertained the Southern Tier, but those days could be coming to an end. In a post on the Broom Tioga Sports Center Facebook page, Tom Hurd and his family have listed of the property and business for sale as they're looking to retire. The Broom-Tioga Sports Center, which has been featured on national television for its motocross, consists of 198 acres that the owners may be willing to subdivide into two or more smaller parcels. On the grounds is a 4,600-square-foot home, plenty big enough as it has five bedrooms and a three-car garage. There is also a barn with a motorcycle garage. The deal just keeps getting even sweeter for anyone considering buying the business as the property comes complete with a national motocross track, two hair scramblers track. Tracks, a concrete starting gate with hydraulic lift, a mud bog and mud racing facility with concessions, bleacher seating, and more. Virtually anything a person could want to keep racing alive comes with the property and business, which is located at 50 Schaefer Road in Richford, and which already has events lined up for the next few months. In Broome County Court, Thomas J. Kurtz, age 30 of Whitney Point, entered a plea of guilty to felony attempted assault in the second degree. Kurtz admitted that on August 13th, 2021, while an inmate in the Broome County jail, he punched a corrections officer in the forehead head, causing a laceration that required stitches. Kurtz, convicted in 2019 for attempted arson in the third degree, will be sentenced to two to four years on April 3rd. Michael A. Korchak, Broome County District Attorney, said the Broome County District Attorney's Office will continue to support the men and women who serve our county as corrections officers and prosecute those that cause or attempt to cause them harm. Prosecutors are dropping charges against a New York City police officer and military veteran who was accused of helping the Chinese government keep tabs on Tibetans in the U.S. A court date is scheduled for Thursday in Brooklyn after federal prosecutors told the judge last week they want to dismiss their case. Prosecutors say they obtained additional information, but a spokesperson wouldn't elaborate on Monday. A message was sent to Ang Wang's attorney. The lawyer had argued in court papers that his client's interactions with two Chinese consulate officials were simply efforts to ingratiate himself in hopes of getting visas to visit his family. The White House is brushing aside criticisms of its fragmented disclosures about the discovery of classified documents and official records at. press President Joe Biden's home and former office. Ian Sam's, a spokesperson for the White House Counsel's office, told reporters Tuesday the White House may withhold information to protect the Justice Department's investigation and was releasing information as it deemed it appropriate. Responding to questions about the piecemeal disclosures, Sams and the White House have been trying to be mindful of the risk in sharing information that's not complete. National Weather Service forecast for downtown Binghamton. Today, a slight chance of showers. Cloudy with a high near 41 degrees, chance of rain 20 percent. Tonight, cloudy with a low near 32. Tomorrow, rain, snow, and freezing rain becoming all rain after 10 a.m., a high near 39 degrees, chance of rain 100%. Tomorrow night, rain likely, cloudy with a low near 35 degrees, chance of rain 70%. And Friday, showers likely mainly before 1 p.m., cloudy with a high near 39 degrees, chance of rain 60%. Friday night, chance of rain showers before 8 p.m., then a chance of rain and snow showers between 8 p.m. and 9 p.m., then a chance of snow showers after 9 p.m., cloudy with a low near 28 degrees, chance of rain 40%. You're listening to WMBS where news breaks first news radio 1290 wmbf WMBF wmbf.com and 92.1 fm
0: Joseph live on a Wednesday from News Radio WNBF ninety two one FM twelve ninety AM, and always available on your free WNBF app. Coming up, a special segment, a spotlight on Speedies: the future of Speedies in America, and actually more specifically, future of Speedies here. In Binghamton. People are all abuzz about uh, the future of Lupo's and Char Pit on West State Street in Binghamton. Well, we will talk about uh, what's going on with the place that has been a fixture in that neighborhood for almost half a century, 45 years. Talk about uh, what's going on at the moment and also some very interesting stories from Steve Lupo. And Steve is promising to take some phone calls. Will you take some phone calls? Absolutely. Okay. So stay tuned. I have to to put the headphones on. Yeah, you will have to, but don't worry. That's coming. (laughs) Talk a bit about speedies, a bit about the history of Lupo's and also uh, what we might expect going forward. And then... Later in the hour, Steve Lupo will take some of your calls. If you have some inquiries about speedies, I know I do, and I'm going to ask a few questions. Coming up right here, live on a Wednesday morning, this is News Radio, WNBF and WNBF.com. It's Wednesday morning. I'm Bob Joseph on WNBF, 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, and streaming at WNBF.com. We're joined in the studio by Steve Lupo. Thank you for being with us. Hey, my pleasure, Bob. Well, a lot, a lot has <laughs> happened over the last, uh, I would say, 72 hours. I was uh, surprised to learn that uh, the future of S&S Char Pit. Lupos S&S Charpit is being evaluated, and and certainly, I'll say life is as perhaps we in in Binghamton and and beyond have have known it when it comes to Speedies, and the uh, operation at West State Street. I I guess I guess it'll never be the same.
8: Uh, yeah, it's it's been a it's been a busy week. Um, there's certainly nothing good about closing a business or a restaurant it takes a lot of you know a lot of guys will take years it will take months and to to get to that point um so we are evaluating um our wholesale business is great all the grocery stores are in all the support we're getting we are trying to decide if we're gonna stay in retail or not with the restaurant so it was uh there was a lot of thought that went into it there's nothing easy about it
0: let's talk about the history first let's do sort of a condensed history of lupo's the lupo name has been synonymous with speedies in our area Endicott and in binghamton and this general area for decades let's uh go back to the beginning how your family got involved in and in what now is a very very important and and vital business
8: the uh th- the original meat market my dad and my uncle in 1954 in endicott that was that that's when um their meat markets corner bars and restaurants everywhere back then and we had lamb and sirloin tip lamb would be the original speedy which is making quite a comeback now um and then at some point we we, we went with the Endwell Charpit. char pit so that was you know it's all family back from 1954 and then we went into the pork speedies so lamb is original and then pork and my brother i would say in the middle 90s came up with chicken speedies sam sam my brother and of course everyone thought he was nuts no one's gonna buy it including myself. And it took about a year bombing, and then it took right off, and now most people assume speedies are chicken. you know. It's like, so that's kind of uh, how that took off, and it just grew in this area. And it's nice to be known, for, you know, it's nice to be part of what this area is known for. I mean, it's only a sandwich, but it is one of the things that you think about Binghamton, Endicott, Triple Cities.
0: Well, and I'm such a traditionalist, having grown up, in Endwell and Endicott and enjoyed the lamb speedies, usually in just uh, a little thing of Italian bread. Um, classic, the skewer, the classic. You know, cooked outside, probably outside a little little tavern on a hibachi. Hibachi, yeah. if anyone
8: yeah. remembers a hibachi. <laughs> yeah,
0: a night in the summer. That's, that's my concept of the ideal speedy. And even to this day, I still prefer just a lamb speedy with nothing special on it. I know people love um, adding things and coming up with their own concept, but I I guess I'm a simple man when it comes (laughs) to Speedies.
8: Lamb, Italian bread with the skewer, sliding it off on the bread is just a classic. And yeah, people put all kinds of things on it now, which is you know which is okay, but one thing I kind of frown on is mayonnaise that's my that's my thing. I <laughs> don't <laughs> thank you. <laughs> but other than that, yes, they get creative and we don't mind salads, of course, of the huge you know chicken speedy salad. you have grilled chicken on on toss salad it's it's healthy and delicious well,
0: and, and let's talk about one thing that people get confused by. you, you mentioned how how the family has. Has been involved in this, and they're different locations. Now, people say, "Well, there's SNS Charpit on West State Street in Binghamton. A lot of people are familiar with." Uh the location on East Main Street and Endwell. I like that. It was convenient for a time. I worked yep. at a, a radio station at when WENE was across the street from there, short short time, but it was always handy to be yep. right across the street from from that location. So tell us just a brief overview of how these different entities operate here in we'll call the, the speedy capital of the world. The well, Bandicoat, yeah, it is
8: for sure. Um, the Endwell pit. On Main Street was the first. uh, My dad and my uncle opened that in 69. We opened up State Street in 1978. I was 18 years old, coming from Endicott. And then my cousin Susie and her husband John opened up a couple of the rib pits. Right now on the parkway is my cousin Liz. And then Upper Front Street is now John John Schofield, their son, and he's running that. So... You know, people spend a lot of time trying to figure out if it's the same or different. I mean, it's really, it's pretty, it's about as close as you can. It is the same recipe, same quality, you know, same enthusiasm for what they're doing. And they're doing a great job. And so we just kind of split up the
0: families, as you know, as we went along. And uh, the production part, and I know that this wholesale business of processing meat for speedies, and other things. I mean, it's not limited to just speedies, but you recently opened up a new production facility on Dixon Street yeah. in West Endicott, and and certainly that has uh, improved. It's a modernized facility, and, and certainly I, every, everything indicates that production continues to be uh, big, and people can find processed uh, speedy meat and other marinated foods with the Lupo's name in... Chains, small and large, across uh, the, the the East.
8: Yeah, the, um, the 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 new meat plant USDA. We opened that a few years ago. Beautiful, state of the art, sparkling clean, high production facility. We have our offices down there. Um, that's going strong. Uh, we have the Speedies, the sausage, uh, the marinated chicken breast. We're in pretty much every grocery store. In the area kind of focus pretty much on New York State we'd like to spread out a little bit more we have a bottling plant down on 17c in Endicott so that part of the business is going strong um, and again we'll you know thank you for the support on that people have been calling us and you know wondering where we can get some stuff and the grocery stores have things and then our office we can sell things out of there
0: we're talking with Steve Lupo, Future of Speedies, and uh, the family business here on News Radio, WNBF. So, uh, a colleague informed me on Monday that, uh, gee, there's an announcement circulating <laughs> about the SNS Char Pit location on West State Street, and I thought. Well I, I need to head right over, and I did I didn't waste any time, and no you did not and <laughs> unfortunately, I think if I w- if I waited another five minutes, I would have missed you, and I, I wouldn't have been able to to connect with I, you directly I was we had a couple of our drivers out
8: back, and I heard the name Bob Joseph. I'm like, oh boy, I better get out back <laughs> so, <laughs> so I ran out there and I you, pretty much what I expected to see you down there. I don't know if, you know if I expected that quickly, but it was a you know the thought was into it for a long time but it was a it was Sunday was the last day at 6 p.m. at 6 p.m. and everybody found out Sunday night and Monday and uh, world word travels fast
0: it does it does so now at the moment at the moment all the menu signs, menu boards, and the tables, and furnishings, they're still in place. Yeah,
8: we haven't, yeah. You focus on, you know, you, you worry about two things. You worry about the employees, and you worry about the customers. I mean, it just, you know, we've had, we'd have employees that have been with us for a long time. We've had customers that have been with us forever. So once you know you de- you know you're, you're thinking about that, and then first thing you go to is okay the the refrigerated food. What can we do with that? The freezer food. Um, we're looking at Chow. We're looking at some other different agencies in the area. We're sending food down to feed the guys at the plant. So you, the, the inventory was low, but I mean, the, yeah. So we're working on that. The customer, the the employees, the customers, and then our food down there.
0: So people, some people I have spoke with, spoken with since Monday have said, well, since it's sort of billed as a pause while while the company evaluates its future in retail and certainly is continuing to focus on the, uh, the very busy wholesale side, some people are, are in some ways holding their breath and are cautiously optimistic that, that this isn't the last we've seen of of uh, the the Lupos S and S charpit in Binghamton. The we we've
8: been, you know, we are looking to down. We were looking maybe we could downsize, um, focus on the catering and takeout. Possibly we did we did look at some smaller locations in the area. Uh, we wanted parking because we have a lot of you know, older customers that like the parking space and don't want to have to mess around downtown. Um, We did not, you know, we haven't been that successful in finding something that we really wanted. Um, We consider staying there, of course, downsizing. We don't have the, you know, just a daily drive-by traffic that you kind of need for a restaurant like ours. Um, There's not as many reasons to go down there. Um, I mean, Binghamton has been great for us. I think really, you know, we needed we needed a little more daily traffic going by um, to get from I and mean, We were busy as heck on the holidays and the specialties and Fridays, of course. Um, we just needed a little more business. So that area, we're not sure if we could downsize enough to stay down there.
0: Was there any noticeable impact during that period of more than 14 months when... When Shenango Street was, was closed down because of uh, the, the effort Overpass. to fix the sinking bridge up up near Bevere Street, did yes, that have an impact? for sure.
8: Because, it, it, you know, and then the longer term, of, well, the long-term effect is that people just get used to not going that way. So you could, you could be going weeks or months before you realize it's open. Uh, it definitely affected us. We have customers just on the other side of the bridge. And, well, I, you know, I really don't want to get in my car, drive around at the highway, come get the exit. So it, it affected us for sure. Nothing, you know, n- nothing really helps like that. Um, that's not enough to make or break you, but it certainly doesn't help.
0: Well, and and the other thing, too, looking at the trends in the neighborhood, a lot has changed in that particular section of the north side since Lupo's S&S Charpit yeah. started business in that Former Dairy Queen building in nineteen seventy eight. Used to have a, a fairly thriving Binghamton Plaza business with the Kmart and lots of other stores. Even had albeit Competition that was with McDonald's and, and Burger King, Burger but still, King. you want uh, it, it, it. created a certain kind of synergy. I've heard in some cases that whether it's restaurants or pharmacies, it's not uncommon for similar businesses to locate yes. together because all ships are yeah, you know, uh, all boats are
8: yeah. You're exactly right. Any restaurant tour um, would rather have restaurants, anything in the area, because they're going to go to you. They're going to stop at at the, your neighbors, and they're going to see that you're there. You want traffic, and then it's up to you. If you give me traffic, then it's on me if I can bring them in. Um, yeah, we had, we had Burger King across from us, and then they closed, and then McDonald's was next to us, next to the Quick Fill, which used to be Rotary. I still call it Rotary. So then McDonald's moved across the street where the Burger King was, and then eventually they shut down. I mean, they shut down, they tore the building down. I mean, they just, they just disappeared, so we want the traffic. We did have the two plazas, Great American, Grand Union. We had the bars. We had uh, still manufacturing where we had, we'd get a second shift in at eight thirty, nine o'clock. It would be just as busy as a lunch or dinner shift. So, yes, uh, the neighborhood has been very good to us. Interestingly, we've never had, we've never been robbed. Um, we've never been. You know, at gunpoint, we've been broken into off and on. But typically, I think it was an inside job or a disgruntled employee. So as far as safety goes, I mean, we never had a problem down there.
0: Well, after 45 years, that's a... That's a, a I think it's a, saying something. <laughs> it is. Well, it's an impressive run. And the other thing that I, I wanted to point out, McDonald's had a presence there for 55 years. McDonald's, as far as I know, that was the first Broom County McDonald's. No kidding. Yeah. Oh, and it was at three... Well, the the new place was over at three, West State Street. But they opened up the the original McDonald's there. In 1963, I'm looking at a at a picture when they were building the
8: incinerator in the back. We had the incinerator. Yeah, you you (laughs)
0: can't see it in that shot, but yeah, (laughs) Binghamton's costly (laughs) and ill-fated incinerator. Yeah, I mean that was all there when we were there. You know, and well, and that was another thing, though. At least that brought in. There were city workers who operated the incinerator, and and crews that had to come in to dump the trash that would be yeah. burned at the incinerator
8: anything going you you know you're like i say you're you know if you got traffic then it's on you if you can't get them in or not and
0: of course the city workers over the years have been fantastic well even know? up until <laughs> hey up until last week yes. was, you know i would i would uh, pop in to get a, a land speedy and inevitably there'd be city employees whether with a public works or other departments people i recognized and or firefighters yep. or, or police no officers no. they loved it they loved it. I was at the. There was um, a fire over in the first ward Monday afternoon. Shortly after oh, I posted the story, <laughs> and and after they extinguished the fire, fortunately the fire was was extinguished quickly. But the talk among the firefighters, including the the assistant fire chief, is yeah, we just saw the story that that Lupo's S&S sharp that, hit. Yeah. You know, and S. Charpit, yeah, and they were they were sad.
8: It's nice to hear. It, it, of course, it is. You know the. The EMTs and all these guys, a lot of times they'll come in and they end up running out, and we end up keeping their food warm for them because they barely get in there without getting a call, yeah. And they always come back, and you know we'll remake it sure. for them. It's just it, it, it it's the the history and the and the people and you know we we used to serve breakfast, and that parking lot, the restaurant next to us was always empty. I mean they'd come and they'd go, and so we'd have. Five or six big yellow trucks down there. And they maybe would be there a little bit too long sometimes. And then we'd start getting, they start, get, they start getting calls like, why are there six yellow trucks parked out of Lupo's for an hour on a Tuesday morning or something like that? You know, they were in there getting their break and their breakfast. So, yeah. you know, we were open at six in the morning. We'd close at 12 at night back in, you know, back in the day.
0: Yeah. So amazing. <laughs> talking with Steve Lupo. Speedies, future of uh, the S&S Charpit on West State Street, closed at 6 p.m. on Sunday. And Steve has agreed to take uh, a couple of calls here. If anybody's interested in talking about Speedies and maybe some memories of Lupo's S&S Charpit, 607-772-1290. I know when we spoke on Monday, you you said you you do have a lot of stories and a lot of memories yes. about about the site over over there on west state street
8: yeah yes um you figure the amount of people that we've hired in Binghamton, first time jobs you know you hire the kids and then you end up hiring their kids and now we're into the grandkids stage you know people that have worked there um the restaurant industry as a whole is just hugely responsible for, um, you know, first-time jobs, jobs like that. Um, <laughs> of course, we had, we had a drive through We have time. We had a drive through And, again, that was my brother Sam's idea. And it seemed like a good idea at the time. We put a drive through in, and we figured that it would be good for nights and when it's cold out. And it would, kind of made sense. And what happened was, of course... The drive-through would get busy when we we're busy. We had one of the old gas, um, the chain dingers out front. Mm-hmm. You know, I know you haven't, guys. you Remember that? So we'd be mobbed inside. Next thing you know, you hear ding, 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 and it wasn't quite busy enough to have a, someone there all the time. So we'd be scrambling. So one time we had a gentleman over there during lunch. We'll call him Bob. Um, so. <laughs> and after lunch i'm looking for bob and i couldn't find him and the drive-through window was open bob took the whole cash drawer climbed out the window and disappeared into into the afternoon he took the entire drawer the change and everything so, oh my goodness. So that's just you know, that's just one of those strange things that you know, that, that happens yeah. over the years.
0: You never know. You, you never know. know. You just let's know. take uh, let's take a call. Um see what uh, folks might have to uh share regarding uh, speedies and, and perhaps uh, Lupo's S&S char pit on West State Street. Good morning, uh, WNBF. You're on the, the air with Steve Lupo. What's your first name and where are you calling from?
9: Uh, Carol from JC, and I'm calling to remind Mr. Lupo, or perhaps he can remember the exact year, when Roger Neal did a remote from there. <laughs> it was during opening day of baseball, so it had to have been around April. And it was, before, of course, before the virus uh, uh, and I was down there. Do <laughs> you recall what year that might have been? I'll, I'll hang up and listen on the
8: radio. Well, no, I, you can um, – I'm not sure the year. I know that was a long – I think we did like dollar hamburgers and things mm. like that. We had long lines. Um, I mean, and, and I was talking to Bob earlier, the, the, the amount of equipment that was involved back in those days. You know, you bring a, a truck of stuff, and, and and they'd be handing out – well, probably cassettes at that point i don't know you know it could to have been people. cassettes
0: or even vinyl albums <laughs> who, who knows i mean the radio was that, so different that
8: would have been that would have been in the middle 80s for sure um oh, well no the binghamton Mets
5: uh, came into town in
8: 92. Nine, okay so that was for the for the mets then well that yeah. was probably
0: not too far after that wow well, yeah a that lot of memories was. well thank you carol <laughs> thank and, you and that brings up and this is a question uh that eric has posed on twitter so with uh, upcoming Dick Sporting Goods Open and Speedy Fest. Uh, he's just curious about how much meat is used for both of those events. He says he's just curious.
8: Yes, we are going to be at those two events this year. And you're talking several thousand pounds of chicken.
0: Um, so it's tons. I mean, it's it's, it's tons, ton, it's, tons. Tons of it's Speedies tons, are yes. sold at those big yes. annual events in Broom County. So
8: if we don't have the restaurant, we'll be um, cooking peppers and onions and things in our neighbors' houses. And <laughs> so
0: <laughs> it's, it really is. It's fascinating to me, as someone who was born here and has lived here all my life. Just fascinating how how people are so into speedies they love it whether they stay here or whether they wind up moving so many people did move over the decades because of ibm moving down to yep. north carolina and then a lot of people have have retired and so we've got pockets of speedy lovers all all across the country now the um north
8: carolina is when, when we started wholesale it actually was a kind of a mistake the new york times did a post on you know local foods and we were in there and and they mentioned that we 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 do mail order <laughs> which we didn't do <laughs> so, so so again my brother Sam you know we start ordering all kinds of um, Omaha steaks and things to find out um, how these guys are doing it so we used to have a map of the country you know you'd put the little pins where the mail order goes and of course a lot of it was a lot of it was directed towards north carolina a lot of it and then i guess colorado had a pretty big ibm presence so that's how that whole thing started wow and we had to get rid of the map at some point because it
0: you know and even to this day then you're you're taking orders online
8: mail order is is very good mm-hmm. um the marinades and the meats. We had a really good uh, holiday season with the mail orders. Um, some people are very happy getting the marinades, and some people actually want the meat. And it's a two-day delivery comes frozen. It's a lot of mail order.
0: Hey, it's amazing what can be done now with technology and and our uh, overall distribution system. Let's take another call here on WNBF. Good morning. You're on the air with Steve Lupo. What's your first name? Where are you calling from?
7: Uh, this is Mark from Coca-Cola, Binghamton.
0: <laughs>
8: <laughs> Hi, Mark. Holy moly. Yes, we know Mark. Yeah, I recognize you, your voice. <laughs> Talk about memories.
7: jeez. <laughs> oh, uh, yes, and, and that's why I called. It, you know, I've dealt with thousands of people all over, I don't know how many counties.
5: Yes, you have.
7: One of my best pleasures was always dealing with your dad. Oh. Gosh. and your brother sam and <laughs> that crazy guy fran up in france
8: you yeah that was the meat market and that was the other uh, couple that, stores that, we that had
7: was called, that was called the federal plant back yep,
8: then all the, yep that's right wow yes no mark you've been you've been a You've been great to us for a long time, and then every time we think about switching over to Pepsi, and then we'd go back to Coke, (laughs) or stay with Coke.
0: Like they say, things go better
8: (laughs) with Mark. Well, well, I'm glad to
0: see that, and I I just wanted to tell you, you know, you
7: you people have, you know, you were great to me, and. I guess that was great to you. you I are, hope I was. I see.
8: You. I'll see us in the Weiss and things. Is, I mean, it's like, hey, man, I know that guy. Let's, you know, let's BS for a bit, right? <laughs>
7: yeah. it's like, well, well, I'm retired now, and and my priorities are my two grandsons. Of course.
8: So. That's fantastic. Well, and, thank you so yeah. much
0: for for checking in and and sharing some of the memories. Thanks, Mark. Okay. Good talking Good to you see. for
8: sure. Thank you.
0: It's ten forty-two at WNBF. What about? The Binghamton Speedies, the 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 baseball team that we we saw <laughs> o- over the last couple of Isn't years, that fun. It was a lot Isn't of fun, fun to see the Speedies on the field and Speedy yes. specials at the games. And David Sobotka seemed so excited. Oh, as uh, as he took ownership of, of the team. He's great. Will there still be uh, an association? Yes,
8: for sure. We're we're um we've been with the Mets. And now the Rumble ponies since their inception and like the previous caller was in 92 or something we're not going anywhere we're going to continue As a matter of fact we had our, our meetings you know we have the meetings this time of year to get ready for spring um, we're still a sponsor with them um, we might have to adjust a few things we're still going we're still going to be doing um, the hockey team and things so yeah we're not going anywhere we're as we are now, we're heavily invested in the community because that's what we should be doing because you know, the community's invested in us. Um, you know, the, even, even those jerseys, they auction them off and then money, you know, the money goes to different charities that we pick or, or they pick. Um, so yeah, we're, we're all in with the baseball team and we're just glad they keep coming back or stay here.
0: Well, it's it's been enlightening. The conversation, of course, uh, starting off with, with the news that we reported earlier this week. How soon do you think uh, a final determination will be made about about the future from a retail standpoint, and and whether there is going to be any sort of uh, new new uh, vision for the what has been Lupo's SNS sharpen.
8: Well, I, I really, I can't say right now. Um, now I actually have some time to think about it. Um, again, we've been discussing it. I'm down there cleaning and scrubbing and talking and looking at all the great messages that we've been getting. So it, things are becoming a little clearer now. Um, we're not out of it at this point. Again, if, if we did something, it would be a, a, smaller, a smaller operation.
0: Would it likely be at that site or would it most likely be at another location?
8: Uh, if we downsize, we might look for another location or we might stay there. We're not quite sure yet. If anyone, if anyone needs like a half a building to put in a coffee shop or something, then we are welcome. We're, we're, we're open for anything at this point. Anything.
0: At least officially. It hasn't been listed for sale, but no. I know that's something as far as the future of what happens to yeah. that property yeah. is something that you and your brother will be. Yes, for
8: sure. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So right now we're you know, mulling in things some things over, which is a is a big deal for us. And apparently Binghamton.
0: Well I know you <laughs> you've basically said since monday your phone has been yeah pretty much yeah, constantly and, ringing yeah
8: and, and you know our um facebook it's all positive you know people are getting nervous i mean you can find our products you know the cooked products is one thing but um the fresh meats and the marinades they're available everywhere and our phone number at the office is available and they're on a website so we are we're certainly not going anywhere we're just getting stronger in a different direction
0: steve lupo I trust you'll keep in touch with me, and once a decision is made, I, I trust you'll let us know right here on WNBF. You'll be the first,
8: Bob, and <laughs> you'll be down to visit me, <laughs> yeah, sure.
0: No doubt. This is a story that continues. The one thing, and I, I know when I spoke with you on Monday afternoon inside the, the dining room area, which just seems so weird, it's the first time i had ever been in there when there were no speedies on the grill and, and no people eating at the tables, the one thing that we we all understand is the only constant in life is change. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. Wish you and the family and all those associated with um, Lupo's the best. I sure appreciate it, Bob. Thanks, everyone. Listening to News Radio, WNBF one FM, 1290 AM, and streaming at WNBF.com.
2: For 15... 50-
0: It's 1048 at WNBF and WNBF.com. And Steve Lupo actually is still with us in the studio, and we spent uh, a good chunk of this hour talking about the family business. But, uh, Steve, you're also now chairman of the board of the New York State Restaurants Association. And I, I know not just from talking with you, but from talking with restaurant operators all around the region it's a tough business it's always been a tough business but these days more than ever there are a lot of challenges facing uh restaurant operators in in new york and and around the country
8: yeah uh bob you know covid covid, COVID is a it will it, be another year or two before you can start talking about before covid because everything still relates to the last couple of years you know nationally locally Regionally, Everyone's pretty much in the same kind of... Pretty much in the same boat. Um, restaurants that are busy... are They're busy, but they may be not making the profits that they would normally make or would like to make. Um, a lot of the guys, a lot of the old timers have been around forever, don't mind the work, but they're working harder now and maybe not making money. Um, you know, you, you look at cities where office, half the office workers are working at home now. You know, restaurants cannot... Work from home. It's just not that type of business. Uh, nationally, I mean, these guys, 3 uh, to 5% nationally is the standard net profit, which is your profit before taxes. So you figure, you know, take COVID out of it. You can go back 20 years. You can go in the future. If you're making 3%, that's $0.03 on the dollar. So that $0.03 disappears in a hurry. I mean, you know, and then and then and and then that's if you're lucky to be making money. And then it's kind of it trended during COVID to one percent. So you have, you know, you have the you have the supply chain issues, of course. I mean, everyone has totally revamped their business, Um, cut their menus, cut their hours, um, tried making more out of you know certain products. There's no margin for error right now. you know, there's a lot of restaurants that have gone under for a variety of reasons, but a lot of it's just the plain, just the loss of business in general.
0: Well, also look at the last year or two, and each one of us has been affected by co- the escalation of cost for everything, for for basic food supplies, energy, even businesses are are dealing with uh, higher. Labor cost, labor cost because a lot a lot of people just seem to uh opt out of of the labor market during covid and trying to get people who are willing to to work and and be consistent show up every day when when it's, you need them
8: it's it's um You know, it it affects part-timers and it affects full-timers and I don't care what business you're in. You know, you got got offices, you got banks, you got restaurants and you got firemen. I mean, everyone's having a hard time uh, finding help. The, you know, restaurants, one thing you hate to do is raise prices. Like guys, you know, independent restaurants stress out over raising their prices. So you might raise everything two or 3%, two or 3% and then Finally, because of what's going on, you're raising your prices maybe up 10 percent. So in two-year two time, a lot of these restaurants have raised things 15, 16, 17 percent because they had to, and that's to get by. You know That's not to, to put money in your pocket. Um, so then, of course, that has to get passed on to consumers so it just you know profit is not a dirty word these restaurants they put money back into the business if they have it
0: well and that's that's one of the things with locally owned businesses restaurants many people don't understand just how much money it takes to start yes a business Yes. as far as equipment and then maintaining it once once you get the equipment it just doesn't last forever it yeah. has to be properly maintained things have to be replaced on a regular basis and also there's the matter of time you know some people i think are, are happy to work a 35 or 40 hour week it well It just
8: doesn't work with the restaurant if it does you're not going to be you know you're not going to be around i mean it's 50 percent it's kind of equal with the divorce rate right it's 50 percent failure or success depending on the way you look at it so you know, you have, you open your doors before you get anything. You're already paying your rent or your mortgage and your taxes and all these other things. Your electric, gas bills before you even start selling anything. So you you going into a restaurant, you you got to be willing to work number one. And you know, it is a labor of love. Let's be honest.
0: Well, if you didn't love it, you wouldn't last long. <laughs> you wouldn't. You know, some some you people some people I I think have a dream of operating a restaurant, and then after 90 days or maybe six months, they, they say it's it's maybe not as exciting and glamorous as they <laughs> thought it was.
8: certainly not glamorous. Um, you know, the, it, it's in your blood. It is absolutely in your blood. You love the customers. You know, you have your bad days, of course, but like on a good day when there's the crowds and the parking lot's full, and you've got cars from three or four different states in your parking lot, which is just, it's just fantastic. Um, You know, I remember going into Poncho's when I was a kid, and and they had the grill kind of right by when you walk to the dining room. There's a coat rack there, and I would stand at that, I would stand there when my family sat down, and I would look at this guy flipping burgers and steaks. I'm thinking, that is
0: cool, you know? So, if that's what you're into. And I remember that night, when poncho's pit closed Mm -hmm. i mean i and i got two lamb speedies that (laughs) night it was there was a a torrential downpour of rain which seemed appropriate but i knew those were my (laughs) two final lamb speedies from poncho's pit on riverside drive after all those decades
8: see how the the see how the food and the restaurants are built into your they you are know, your, your well, and that's history, sort of the same feeling.
0: Well, and sort of that, that was kind of the same feeling I I felt when I I trudged in yeah. on Monday. Yeah, you trudged because for whatever reason, as, as a person, as a native of the area, and someone, as I said, who really appreciates the original Lamb Speedy, I, I thought, well, this this is a tough thing, and I know a lot of other people feel the same way because most other Speedy outlets, in fact, as far as I can think of right now, the speedy places that are left, uh, that are serving, whether it's for sit down or or to go, I don't know if there's uh, another place in Broome County that is routinely selling cooked speedy sandwiches.
8: Right, for besides the other uh, Lupos or our cousins, it has to be a secondary. You can't open a joint and call it speedies. And the amount of people that wish or have tried taking it out of the area they Don't make it
0: well. That's the thing people have told me. They said, Well, this should be easy to do, you know. Speedies are great, so let's, yeah. You you should go,
8: you should be in uh, Omaha, Nebraska. You'd make a killing, right? I mean, okay,
0: (laughs) it's interesting, yeah. What are going forward, looking (laughs) in 2023 for the restaurants in New York State that uh, will continue to operate and have to make adjustments? What aside from High cost of doing business. What are what are the biggest challenges they'll be facing going forward? What
8: kind of where we're at is if you can just leave us alone for a bit, whether it's new regulations, um, you know, just let us get our feet on the ground. A lot of the guys got some money from the state and the government. Um, just let us get our feet wet, you know, or, or let us get our let us get our, our wits about us. And if you just Stop with the regulations for right now. Um, you know we'll we'll be fine. We just can't have any more coming out of that. Uh, you know out of that three to five percent uh, minimum wage is a, of course it's a hugely controversial topic. And I you know I'm not afraid to talk about it. Um, you know there's a there's a it, it used to be not a living wage. You know it was kind of like an introductory and it's changed. And, okay, we understand that. So the restaurant industry has to adapt to that. Again, it's going to come out of your your bottom line. Um, I really don't believe that, you know, the service that we provide with the kids, um, teaching them how to operate a broom, answer the phone, be on time, I mean, it's immeasurable. Um, I'm not sure they should be getting paid $15 an hour. Um, But, again, it's... (laughs) That comes out of the restaurant's bottom line. And, well, and, and then we ultimately, have to adjust to
0: that. And ultimately, too, it puts additional price pressures on it, it what, what the menu it, price will yeah. be. and, and if I mean, we have to, to raise be. our
8: prices, and again, you agonize over raising prices. You know, you, you agonize over it. You hate doing it.
0: Well, and you know there's no, no easy ways. You can't finesse it. Customers will notice if, uh, yes, if, you know. The well, regular right, customers really. bring
8: bringing the right the yep. change, and yep. they know. Yep. Um,
0: yeah. At any rate, I wish you the best. <laughs> Keep in touch. We'll see what happens in the coming weeks and months. Yeah, I sure appreciate it, Bob. Thank S- you. Steve Lupo in our studio on this Wednesday morning. Coming up, the news, and then we'll be taking your calls. I'm Bob Joseph, live on WNBF. Hey, this is... Joseph, live on a Wednesday morning. This is News Radio, WNBF Binghamton. It's 11 o'clock
3: where news breaks first. News Radio 1290 WNBF.
1: Good morning on this Wednesday, January 18th. You're listening to WMBF. A Vermont company's plan to establish a warehouse operation inside a former store building at the old Endicott Plaza has received approval. The Endicott Planning Board has voted in favor of a special use permit sought by Green Mountain Electric Supply. The Kmart store between Vestal and Harrison Avenues has been unused since it sustained heavy flood damage in September 2011. The electrical component supply business has proposed a $12.1 million project to turn the abandoned building into to a regional distribution center. The project is receiving millions of dollars in support from New York state taxpayers. More than $3.1 million in state funding is to be provided through Endicott's Downtown Revitalization Initiative grant, which was approved in December. The state also authorized spending $350,000 for renovations to the 95,000-square-foot structure under its Restore New York initiative. Endicott Mayor Linda Jackson told WMBF News on Tuesday afternoon that everything's a go with respect to the Green Mountain Electric Supply proposal. She expressed some concern about the size of a payment in lieu of taxes plan that may be granted for the project. The 18-acre site is located just east of the Jenny F. Snap Middle School. No arrests have been reported after gunshots were heard in the area of Washington Avenue and North Street in Endicott. Village Police Chief Patrick Gary said the incident was reported around 3 p.m. Saturday. He said the shots apparently fired near MBT Bank. Gary said investigators are not aware of anyone being injured. One person reported hearing as many as 10 gunshots that may have been fired in or near a parking lot east of Ideal Alley, which runs behind buildings on Washington Avenue. Gary said people with information about the incident may contact the Endicott Police Department at 607-785-3341. A proposal to convert most of a downtown Binghamton office tower into dozens of apartments won't be moving forward in the near future. James Slocum of Conklin has outlined a plan for the building at 59 Court Street for an 87-bedroom project that would include 66 dwelling units. Slocum presented the proposal to the City Planning Commission last November. He was seeking a site plan review and a special use permit to redevelop the building in three phases. In recent years, the property has housed offices for various businesses. The lower levels of the building have been used by WMBF Radio and its related stations since 1997. The proposed apartment project is on hold for now. Slocum recently said while there's potential for it in the future, he doesn't expect any new developments in the next few months. He said a few kinks had occurred between the prospective buyers and sellers since he appeared before the planning commission. He said he views the concept as a great idea for the site saying it's a great building and a great location. John Maxco of Vestal has owned the property for 10 years. He said of the plan, I don't see it necessarily flying. For now, he stressed he's committed to maintaining a first-class operation for tenants who are currently leasing space in the building. From motocross, mud bogs, ATVs, UTVs, hair scramblers, demolition derbies, supercross, autocross, and more, for 40 years, the Broom Tioga Sports Center has entertained the Southern Tier, but those days could be coming to an end. In a post on the Broom Tioga Sports Center Facebook page, Tom Hurd and his family have listed the property and business for sale as they're looking to retire. The Broom Tioga Sports Center, which has been featured on national television for its motocross, consists of 198 acres that the owners may be willing to subdivide into two or more smaller parcels. On the grounds is a 4,600 square foot home, plenty big enough as it has five bedrooms and a three-car garage. There is also a barn with a motorcycle garage. The deal just keeps getting even sweeter for anyone considering buying the business as the property comes complete with a national motocross track. Two hair scramblers, Tracks, a concrete starting gate with hydraulic lift, a mud bog and mud racing facility with concessions, bleacher seating, and more. Virtually anything a person could want to keep racing alive comes with the property and business, which is located at 50 Schaefer Road in Richford, and which already has events lined up for the next few months. In Broome County Court, Thomas J. Kurtz, age 30 of Whitney Point, entered a plea of guilty to felony attempted assault in the second degree. Kurtz admitted that on August 13th, 2021, while an inmate in the Broome County jail, he punched a corrections officer in the forehead head, causing a laceration that required stitches. Kurtz, convicted in 2019 for attempted arson in the third degree, will be sentenced to two to four years on April 3rd. Michael A. Korchak, Broome County District Attorney, said the Broome County District Attorney's Office will continue to support the men and women who serve our county as corrections officers and prosecute those that cause or attempt to cause them harm. Prosecutors are dropping charges against a New York City police officer and military veteran who was accused of helping the Chinese government keep tabs on Tibetans in the U.S. A court date is scheduled for Thursday in Brooklyn after federal prosecutors told the judge last week they want to dismiss their case. Prosecutors say they obtained additional information, but a spokesperson wouldn't elaborate on Monday. A message was sent to Ang Wang's attorney. The lawyer had argued in court papers that his client's interactions with two Chinese consulate officials were simply efforts to ingratiate himself in hopes of getting visas to visit his family. The White House is brushing aside criticisms of its fragmented disclosures about the discovery of classified documents and official records at press. President Joe Biden's home and former office. Ian Sams, a spokesperson for the White House counsel's office, told reporters Tuesday the White House may withhold information to protect the Justice Department's investigation and was releasing information as it deemed it appropriate. Responding to questions about the piecemeal disclosures, Sams and the White House have been trying to be mindful of the risk in sharing information that's not complete. National Weather Service forecast for downtown Binghamton. Today, a slight chance of showers, cloudy with a high near 41 degrees, chance of rain 20%. Tonight, cloudy with a low near 32. Tomorrow, rain, snow, and freezing rain becoming all rain after 10 a.m. A high near 39 degrees, chance of rain 100%. Tomorrow night, rain likely, cloudy with a low near 35 degrees, chance of rain 70%. And Friday, showers likely mainly before 1 p.m. Cloudy with a high near 39 degrees, chance of rain 60%. Friday night, chance of rain showers before 8 p.m., then a chance of rain and snow showers between 8 p.m. and 9 p.m., then a chance of snow showers after 9 p.m. Cloudy with a low near 28 degrees, chance of rain 40%. You're listening to WMBS. Where news breaks first, News Radio 1290, WMBF, WMBF.com, and 92.1 FM. News Radio.
0: Bob Joseph live on a Wednesday. The number is 607 772 1290. If you have thoughts, we have a phone and a transmitter, so let's make use of that right here at News Radio WNBF and WNBF.com. Can't afford an egg.
4: You eat
0: eat can't it. afford an egg. Can't even find an egg. WNBF, good morning. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from?
7: Uh, my name is John, and I'm calling from Vestal. Morning. What's up? I have a question to ask you. Have you ever heard anything um, on the status of Sam Sutton? Used to play for. Um uh, benhamton university basketball and transferred to uh penn state he played for tom dempsey
0: no no next time i'm a
7: good player he he scored like a couple games i saw him play Scored 37 points or more heck hmm. of a ball player yeah he's as good as a falco all
0: right well next time i see roger neal i'll uh try to remember to ask him he probably okay, would know thank okay thanks john Bye-bye. 1112 at news radio, WNBF, WNBF.com. As I uh, often say, Roger Neal is the guy, guy with all the answers. I, I don't have many answers. The only thing I'm noted for is questions. I always seem to have a few. WNBF, you're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from?
4: Uh, another John, uh, this time from Binghamton. Hey,
0: John. Good morning.
4: Hey, uh are are we going to someday Andy Johnson City and Binghamton uh, realize that we've been had uh by Binghamton University uh and ask for reparations, payment in lieu of taxes for the damage that they have done to the local residents, most of which, the majority of which, have absolutely nothing to gain or lose uh, on the university. Uh, I think it's time for that discussion. Uh, you know, in Ithaca, it's interesting, and these these uh, these the universities are very liberal until it comes time to uh, put their money where their mouth is. Uh TCAT, which is the public transportation system for Tompkins County in Ithaca, is funded by three sources, uh, the county, uh, the city, and Cornell, and they each have paid uh, a third of a share. Well, now Cornell is is balking at... uh, the new budget for TCAT in other words uh they they want to limit their exposure uh to public transportation you know this liberal uh, bastion uh well,
0: what city. about Binghamton University how much is BU contributing to operating the BC transit system to uh, to help support the the effort by Broome County government
4: well they've they're in competition with BC transit well
0: oh, that's right they have their own bus fleet
4: and they they pay their drivers. I think it was twelve dollars an hour the last time I checked. Hardly hardly a union shop. Uh, and uh, you know, uh, I will debate anybody anytime uh, about this because twenty five years ago I said at county legislature meeting, if you believe that Binghamton University can save Binghamton, then you uh, are believe that Yale saved New Haven. And here's where I think the, the the people that are mad at the police department, they're mad at this and that, what they're missing is this. They are in a community where the university is the giant sucking sound. And their lives, they have no lives uh, because of that. The life revolves around the typical, stereotypical, binge-drinker uh, university student it doesn't revolve around them or any kind of community, no matter whether you want to call NOMA or you want to build community centers. uh, There's no life here. Uh, There's no life particularly in downtown Binghamton except to drink. I mean, there's no movies. uh, There's no no place to take a girl for a malted milk uh, on a first date. I, I mean, there's none of that. So, What these people are bemoaning and what they are frustrated about is the lack of ambiance except for uh, students, transient students from Metro New York who have total disrespect for the community, who are complete narcissists. uh, and, and they've been steamrolled by this. And they've been steamrolled by the university. Uh, most of those people don't
0: live anywhere near Binghamton, Johnson City, or downtown Indy Well, how many administrators for the university do you think actually live downtown here in downtown Binghamton or near the health sciences campus in Binghamton? That, of the top administrators for BU, what percentage do you think live Within close proximity of of the students who are uh, bringing such zest to our our nightlife here, Uh,
4: virtually none. And I have uh, access to the Binghamton University directory. Uh, Some live on the west side. Some live actually uh, in the uh, no man's land uh, on Riverside Drive between the Circle and uh, the ice cream uh, stand. But you know. Bob, university towns used to be nice towns uh, when they began paying more, and this happened in Ithaca, you know, or Geneseo, or any other town. Uh, you would have your friendly neighborhood university uh, eccentric uh, professor, uh, nutty as heck, uh, looking bewildered uh, uh, on Main Street or on the, the, the in the center of town. Uh, now these people live on the lake uh they 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 don't want to associate with anybody any of the student loan crowd or the underprivileged uh that they uh, always uh, are to say that they're on their side, so it's a bunch of fakes and phonies and frauds but let me tell you something. They're destroying the economy here. You know, the Endicott Village Board leaves out in all this IM3 or I whatever the hell it's called, all this lithium nonsense. They leave out one thing. They talk about IBM, and then the next breath is IM3 and lithium. They they fail to recognize and fail to learn from the from the failure of EIT. In other words, we've been down this. Road before with the exception that EIT was a going concern with patents and a book of businesses These ventures now that are not they are not commercial enterprises uh, viable commercial enterprises what they are is grant funded university uh, related research projects and uh, that is a pig in a poke and the minute the minute those government grants tax breaks what have you run out that's the end of those enterprises learn something from the past
0: we will see what happens i appreciate your call thanks for the observations 6077721290 is the official number and if you call in the next 5 minutes I plan to answer that line. I didn't promise. I choose my words carefully. I plan to answer that line if you call within the next five minutes, 607 772 1290. Also, if you send an email, I plan to read all emails that are sent to bob at wnbf.com. And I also intend to consider reading. At least one of those emails between now and noon. Listening to News Radio, WNBF, 92.1 FM, 1290 AM. And you can always be connected with us using the free WNBF app. 22 bob joseph live on your wednesday morning WNBF. jenna in the town of shenango is out driving around good morning good morning what's on your mind
10: i just wanted to say that i unfortunately missed your interview you had i believe last week with amanda from madrona yes um, I, I'm so bummed I missed that because I want to let you know that I used to work for Amanda at Madrona in Shenango Forks and what a great experience I had working there with her. I absolutely love that place. So to hear that she's expanding into Owego, I am so happy for her and her business partner. That's going to be such a great thing to add to the cute little town of Owego there um, so I just wish her the best of luck. Um, I miss seeing her, and I, again, I'm, I guess I'm saying I, I am bummed um, from missing that interview. I was so hoping to hear it because I wanted to hear the specifics to the conversation. So can you fill me in?
0: <laughs> well, let's see. Let's see how much I can say uh, because that was last Wednesday. it seems like a week ago. Yes, it was. She was on last Wednesday, and she was talking about the work they're doing now at 208 Front Street in Owego, which up until a few weeks ago had been the um, restaurant. Las Chicas Taqueria was there for 12 years, and now they're busy. They're doing a lot of cleaning, sanding the floors, and and doing renovations to get the place opened up. Then they plan to have uh, all sorts of different wineries that will be highlighted and breweries and distilleries and so on. So that should be opened up. I I stopped by there last Wednesday morning, didn't go inside, but I I, uh, peered inside the front and then went up uh, on the deck because there, I believe, are twin decks out back overlooking the river. So that'll be nice when there's nice weather for people to enjoy uh, some of the wines or some of the craft beers that'll be available.
10: Definitely. And the same concept more or less goes with the Madrona location in Shingo Fork. I mean, it's not on the river, but it has a great, great outdoor seating area in the country. So it's absolutely gorgeous, you know, especially in the summer and fall, to sit outside and enjoy a glass of wine, you know.
4: Well,
0: And she also has... Other plans, uh, looking forward to ultimately have a a new facility that'll be constructed on on Endicott's north side, over at Watson Boulevard and Odell Avenue. That's where there had been a market, Tedeschi's Market was there for quite a few years, and then that old building was torn down. So there are plans moving forward because there was uh, some money appropriated for the downtown revitalization initiative for Endicott that will help the uh, development of a New York State wine tasting room on Endicott's north side.
10: Yes, and Endicott's north side, I believe, Just, I mean, I've been there, so I think it's the north side. I'm not too familiar with Endicott. But the Crooked Mouth Brewery has just opened there not too long ago uh, where the former uh, Pat Mitchell's ice cream
0: shop was. Yeah, that's actually, it's not on the north side, but it's on Vestal Avenue, not far from East Main Street. And I've popped in there, haven't been in there since they opened, but I was in there a few times when they were getting the place ready for business and talked with uh, some of the people who were involved in that project. And that's interesting because that building will be um, right next door to another huge project that should get started later this year because the uh, company from Vermont, an electrical um company that, that provides parts wholesale prices or wholesale parts they're going to develop a warehouse distribution center in the old Kmart building that's been idle for more than 11 years that's a big project that will bring uh, revitalization and even a green space and a walking path around that area right near the the new craft brewery
10: yes and just real quick, too, I listened to your last caller, John. Um, to mention you know, his whole beef with Binghamton University. I'm not quite sure what he's upset about with that place, but um, I just wanted to say, too, in my own opinion, I feel it's important that we have a university in this area, not because it brings, what, bars and restaurants to the area. I mean, that's always good for any community, if you ask me. It brings in revenue. But in my opinion, as a nurse, I feel like we need more institutions set up in cities in order to educate the people that want to be educated, such as there's such a huge nursing shortage and I'm sure a doctor shortage right now. We need these places to for people who want to go into health care or into whatever there is a need of so we can get more nurses hired well and that's more true doctors hired. you know
0: with the so with did... the Decker College of Nursing and then the pharmacy school on Corliss Avenue as part of the Health Sciences campus i've talked with uh, so many of the students there and whether they're from other parts of New York state or or even from outside the the immediate area sometimes from other countries, they all have told me how impressed they are with Binghamton, and I'm hoping that uh, a certain percentage will decide after they're completed with their studies at Binghamton University that they'll uh, stick around here, and whether they uh, uh, get hired by UHS or other businesses in the area, or lords, uh, or start their own business, you know, hopefully that, that will result in a a turnaround because our popular the population of this area has been decreasing in recent years and well and the people who are left here it's an aging populace we need more young people who will stay here and and start businesses and consider starting families here in the binghamton area
10: definitely i agree with that
0: yes appreciate your call
10: thank you so much
0: take care 1129, Bob Joseph on WNBF. Oh, Beverly from the town of Dickinson. I know you've been trying to get in over the last couple of days, but you have uh, encountered tough times because the program's been so popular.
5: Oh, yeah, I, I know that. Yeah, I'm sorry to hear Lupo's is closed and McDonald's and Enwell closed. And I think there's a somewhere else it's going to close too.
0: Well, it wouldn't surprise me, but, you know, uh, every, every time one place closes, uh, it's not uh, unusual that another place will open. So even, even though it was tough for, I'm sure, Steve and Sam Lupo to, at least for the moment, close the Lupo's S&S Charpit on West State Street, you know, 45 years is a pretty, pretty good run for everything. Heck, I've been here for about that long. Yeah. I wonder if I wonder if that means anything if they close down SNS Charpit after that amount of time. I wonder if that means anything for for my run here at WNBF.
5: I don't know. I don't know.
0: I'm not sure that the two are connected, but it's interesting. It's an interesting thought.
5: Oh, I was listening to a radio station, a uh, W E B Y. W E B Y. Uh have you heard of that one?
0: Mm it sounds familiar. Who was on? What what did they what were they talking about?
5: They had no commercials.
0: Well then they if they have no commercials, they're probably not gonna be in business for long.
5: Uh, W-E-B-B-Y.
0: Oh Webby. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That's, I, I think I've heard of them, but I
5: think, I, it's, I think that the, just. Uh, oh, I don't know. But it, it was a new show because over the weekend I listened to it, and I, I, you know, they, they play music and stuff, and then they, then they have people that speak.
0: Yeah, and were they talking about the Binghamton area? What did they have to say about about oh, these new businesses on about Court Street?
5: Uh, they talked about the Binghamton area. They talked about the old timers, about the railroad and stuff, and how and how it was um uh, in the early twenties up until what it, what it's like now. And then they talked about a lot of the other things, you know, about uh, oh, uh, DJ's closing and stuff like that. It was pretty interesting. Well, I thought maybe you knew
10: something.
0: Well, I think I, kidding. I think I know. I think I know a couple of the people involved in that. I'll have to, I'll have to look into that. I don't see, know,
5: but there was no commercials.
0: Well, that's a There's problem.
5: The commer- there were no commercials, I don't
0: know how long they've been on. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you this: if you're running a radio station or a TV station with no commercials. Unless you're selling it as a subscription service, you know maybe that's maybe that's the solution for me. I can turn this program. We could call it Bob Joseph Plus, and I can charge ten dollars a month. Bob Joseph Plus, and that way, if you pay ten dollars a month, you could listen to the to the show. Yeah, I
5: mean it was it was real
0: interesting. I they said where it was from. Hmm. Yeah, I I'll I'll have to look into that and see what see what the story is because I, I think i think i have an idea so thank you for calling it to my attention hope you have a good afternoon yeah you too 11 i'm bob joseph live on news radio wnbf our phone number is 607-772-1290 the email address is bob at wnbf.com news radio WNBF 92.1 FM 1290 AM and you can always be connected using our free WNBF app if you're 37 with Bob Joseph live on news radio WNBF, WNBF.com. Take a look at a website that is providing local coverage on a regular basis. Yeah, local coverage, real news for real people. Almost sounds like those um, companies that advertise food made with real ingredients. No kidding. Hi. I'm selling food made with real ingredients. Anyway, we have uh, real news made with real (laughs) reporters at WNBF.com. So if that's something that might be of interest to you, you should check it out on your computer or, better yet, on your phone. On your phone. uh, I'll tell you one thing that looks nice on the website is... The uh, old Kmart Plaza. Look at those beautiful photographs. Heck, they're so beautiful, maybe you should look at it on your regular computer with a big display to see those fantastic photos of the old Kmart building between Vestal Avenue and Harrison Avenue in Endicott. I enjoyed my latest visit to that site, bringing back Grand memories of the Blue Lights special. And they even, when Kmart left the building, they even helpfully kept their store hours in place. I had, had to take a picture of that, although it's a little difficult to make it out because they put up a fence. I'm trying to keep reporters out. But uh, so I'm looking at the old store hours of the Kmart building. In Endicott, it says Monday through Thursday, 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. Friday, 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. Saturday, the same. And then Sunday, eh, a little faded there. I think Sunday it was 9 a.m. to 10 p.m. So, The good old Kmart. Then also the pharmacy hours. So the people from Vermont, They want to turn that into a warehouse, a distribution site. So that's going to take millions of dollars. I'm told that it's going to be $12.1 million for the project. So as as you might expect, they don't want to pay for the whole project themselves. That that wouldn't be right for uh, a company from Vermont. They're getting uh, millions of dollars in help from New York State. The $12.1 million project will be supported by some state funding, uh, $3.1 million through the Downtown Revitalization Initiative that was awarded to Endicott last month. Also, the state approved $350,000 for renovations to the 95,000-square-foot structure under a different initiative. So, they'll get some money, some tax breaks, a pilot, payment in lieu of taxes, 15 years. But the silver lining is, after more than a decade, that building and that property, that sprawling property, that I believe it encompasses about 18 acres, I believe it'll finally be put back into use. I spoke with Endicott Mary Linda Jackson, and she said everything's a go with respect to the proposal by Green Mountain Electric Supply. So we'll see what happens. I believe the Broome County Industrial Development Agency will be acting on a pilot payment in lieu of taxes. It's 1141 News Radio, WNBF. And WNBF.com. If you have thoughts about things going on in Endicott, Johnson City, Vestal, Binghamton, or anywhere, then give us a call. 607 772 1290 or send an email to Bob at WNBF.com. Uncle Sam. WNBF with Bob Joseph.
5: I had a way then, losing it all on my own. I had a heart then, but the Queen has been.
10: Show the lights that
0: stop me, to More calls, more often. WNBF on a Wednesday morning, Sandy in Port Dickinson. Good morning, you're on the air.
9: Oh, good morning, Bob. Um, I wanted to just speak about Lupo's, and I'm, I'm really sorry that they have closed the State Street store. Um, I used to go there a lot, and my husband and I used to stop in for chicken speedies and pork speedies. Um, it's kind of the end of an era, I think. Um, but I was wondering, when he was on your program, he didn't talk about, since chicken was one of their their most popular sandwiches, speedies, um, how, what did the uh, bird flu epidemic, which killed so many chickens and how did that he didn't say how that affected their bottom line actually i was interested to hear that and he didn't talk about that but anyway uh what he did talk about and i did find interesting was that um the regulations of new york state for small businesses uh is is just uh enough to put businesses out of out of business and or chase them out of the state and um i just think that new york state ought to overhaul the regulations for small business it's uh it, it just kills them and and that on top of having shut down for so long from the covid which uh absolutely decimated so many small businesses they couldn't even come back and uh So they really need to overhaul the regulations and take a good look in Albany. And also I heard him say that uh, that he wasn't getting the drive-in traffic or the drive-by traffic over there on State Street um, because of the shutdown. I think he meant the shutdown on Shenango Street there that was shut down for so long under the highway
0: well, yeah, because uh, that, people, if they wanted to come from Port Dickinson or Hillcrest, right. they'd have to take a circuitous route because the bridge yeah. was sinking, and so the yeah. the state was spending millions of dollars over more than fourteen months to stop the bridge from sinking. Yes,
9: yeah, which,
0: by the way, right. they still haven't completed the project. It's suspended <laughs> for the winter, but don't worry, they'll be back. They'll be uh-huh. back with a vengeance in the spring to try to finish what they started.
9: Well, I well i i don't i agree with that but uh i i just think that down from front street and then if you take a look at when they shut down or shutting down from front street for the where is the diner there that that took such a horrible hit right the red,
0: had, diner, yes, the red oak diner julianne lutka had to put up with yes, that for yes. for i think more than two years that was talk okay. about a project that that seemed to be going in slow motion
9: Absolutely. Well, this is my, my point, that uh, perhaps if it's the state or the county or, or the city that has jurisdiction over these roads and they want to shut them down for maintenance or repairs or redos or whatever, they need to take a good look at the small businesses that are on these roads that they are going to hurt a lot or even put out of business. And, and they don't do that. They just go ahead and, and la-di-da, and don't take uh, into consideration the businesses that are there that they are hurting from shutting down these roads, or make it a point to have a time frame of working on these roads and getting them done in a good timely manner. They just don't do that. No, it's like they don't. Care. It's
0: a it's a pattern. It's a pattern, and they put up a sign. Same with the work that happened over the past construction season on State Street in Binghamton. They spent, I think they started in March and didn't get finished till close to December, that block of of State Street between Henry and Lewis, and those businesses. You know, Chris's Diner, and then a few of the other businesses. How how were they supposed to survive when... Most of the time, certainly during the day, most of the time, their customers couldn't even drive to easily drive to uh, the the place of business. I'm I'm surprised any any of the businesses along that stretch of State Street managed to survive at all. They, they came close in, in at least one case to having to pull the plug because they they were running out of money.
9: Exactly. I agree. And this is a major thing that's been happening in, in this area for a while. And somebody ought to, I don't know who, who has jurisdiction to take a good look at this, whether it's, I don't know who, but anyway, they need to, uh, like I said, have a time frame if they're going to shut down some of these streets that have small businesses on them, they need to have a time frame that they're going to work on that street and they're going to finish it when they when they say they are going to. And not just let it hang on and hang on and until and these businesses just can't carry on anymore. That's all I have to say, Bob. All right.
0: Thank you. I appreciate it. It's 1152 at News Radio, WNBF, and WNBF.com. In the case of the work on State Street, I think... If I'm recalling correctly. I think Mayor Cram when he held a news conference at the site early last year, I think he laid out the plan, the time schedule about that. So I think I think that project in terms of a bit being an issue for the part of most of the year. I I think The mayor did acknowledge that's what was going to go on. So, although, also, people need to know that the State Street Project also is not complete at this time. It's not complete at this time, and they will have to have another closure in the spring, although it's not likely to be long. They do have to put the top coat, the... Blacktop or whatever they call it on on top when the uh, plants reopen in the spring but that's not expected to be a long closure would seem to me I think the mayor said that could take a few days so it'll be a a brief a brief disruption in traffic on that part of State Street looking back to the original announcement actually. Let's see. I'm not sure that... Oh, I guess I don't have the actual clip where the mayor was talking about it. Let me just see. Nope. No, nope. that was just the guys getting started. That was in April. That was right before the news conference began and workers were starting to uh, do some excavation on that, that part of, of State Street. But I do see it from the story that we did in late April, the mayor said the work was probably going to run through fall. So at least he gave people, I think, adequate notice. And they put up signs saying local businesses remain open. So eventually they did that too on Shenango Street near the sinking bridge. There were signs that were posted that said local businesses remain open. I don't know if those signs actually make a big difference, but maybe they do. And in fairness with the state or with the um, sinking bridge, Interstate 81's fabulous sinking bridge should be a tourist attraction. They call it Shenango Arch. Come and visit New York State's incredible sinking bridge and they could charge $10 for people to actually walk through. Bring the family. And walk, it was sort of like Howe Caverns, except not quite as cool. Take the family. Visit Binghamton's incredible sinking bridge. And I could be the tour guide. I would give tours. I would tell them everything, <laughs> everything they need to know about the Interstate 81 sinking bridge and why New York State taxpayers have to pay millions of dollars to try to stop the sinking so it can last another 75 years. This is Bob Joseph live on a Wednesday morning. This is News Radio, WNBF 92.1 FM 12:90 a.m. and streaming at wnbf.com.
3: Hi folks.
4: News Radio
0: enjoyed today's program. Thanks for listening. Hope you join us tomorrow morning. I'm Bob Joseph. You're listening to News Radio, WNBF Binghamton, and WNBF.com.